cue fake podcast music. Okay, hello and welcome to Michigan and Another Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, and other random mayhem from around the from around the world. Your hosts are Ellie and Jen. Okay, Jen, what's the deal with you? What you got today? I have Todd Kohlhepp, K-O-H-L-H-E-P-P. He's a murderer. He's a murderer. He was He's actually, an Amazon reviewer. Yeah, he was kind of a funny murderer. It was crazy. It was funny as long as you're not being murdered by him, basically, I should say. Yeah, and it makes yeah. you look now at, at people's reviews on websites. A little different? A little different. Um, I have got a giant storm that happened in 1913 over the Great Lakes region that killed hundreds of people. Ooh. Hundreds. When was it again? 1913. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? No, I'll let you go first. Oh, you want me to go first? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. I want to talk. I already, I just mentioned it to you. And I oh, yeah. Okay. Let everybody know that we're on Anchor as another platform. And so I've been going on listening to other people's podcasts. Okay. And I ran across Hannah. She does a podcast called True Crime Within. She's 17 years old. Oh, wow. Yep. And she wants to be in somewhere in the criminal. Yeah, like an analyst, something. Something. Okay. Um, she's done two podcasts so far. I sent her a message and gave her a idea for one of her podcasts. Oh. She came back and thanked us. Oh, nice. Um, but Anchor.fm, you should look her up. Okay. And there's a lot of good true crime. There was one that I friended on Anchor. And then join their Facebook group. Nice. Which you probably know because you control our Facebook page and you should have got that notification. I did. Yeah. So just so you know, I did that. Okay, cool. But it's really cool. She does a cool podcast too. Oh, good. So people should check it out. Nice. Yeah, as I say, I learn a lot just by listening to our Anchor commercials. I learned that Anchor has free podcast music. <laughs> yes. But, but I know, we're not using it. But I know that you also don't want to use no, it. No, we're absolutely not using it. And I by like listening to your Anchor commercials, I find that you are willing to do battle acts with me. Yeah, I'm going to throw throw sharp weapons. Yeah, I was ready I'm while like, you were doing stuff earlier to hurry up and be like, it's me, it's Allie, I got my certificate, but I left all that at home. <laughs> so I'll do that when I get home. All right. I'll set up our lessons. Oh, I'm excited. Throw some axes, people. Watch out. Okay. All right, what you got? All Go right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. This is the one that I, I actually struggled with. My husband had to help me, like, put it in order because I was tired. Apparently, there wasn't enough coffee in the house this morning to help me out. <laughs> <laughs> so the average... T- oh, and I just wanted to look up the average temperature of the Great Lakes water because I know it's cold. And I remember one time reading this article about this lady in Reader's Digest. She was from, I can't remember, like, Florida. And she always wanted to live in Michigan and... They take her to Lake Michigan, and it's November, and she's like, I can't wait to, like, get my feet wet, and runs in there and immediately starts screaming because it was so cold. Yes. Well, it's November. Yeah. Well, the lakes are cold. Okay, because my dad had a house. He had a second house off of Lake Michigan for years, and I can tell you that it is always cold. You never get into a lake in Michigan where it's warm, right? No, it's always cold. They're always cold. So. Yeah. Are they colder than like our lake at the lake house yeah so that's a shallower lake it's going to be warmer so i'm trying to figure out how what's the average temperature of the great lakes yeah well we look up stuff ahead of time before recording and this is part of the government shutdown right now 
Are you serious? Yeah. So the Coast Guard <laughs> is part of the government, so they can't tell you what the average temperature is because the website says, I'm sorry, we're down. The government is shut down. Oh, my God. I was like, this the stupid Trump is just ruining everything. I was oh just like, God. I can't even look up the temperature of the Great Lakes. Oh, ruining shit. everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to look up some less notable sources. Okay. Okay, so the Great Lakes... Depending, they have different depths, different lakes, but if you had to average it all out, it's about 55 degrees Fahrenheit or between um, 12 and 13 degrees Celsius. I can't tell you how cold it is in November because it's not available because of the <laughs> shutdown. So during the fall months around this area, the cold and dry air comes down from Canada while the warm and moist air comes up from the Gulf of Mexico and off the lake water. So the lake waters are warmer than the cold air coming out of Canada. The cold air from the north hits the warm waters of the lakes and it starts to spin. This happens all the time in around fall. The wind will start a cyclone system that's fed by the warmth of the water and the gulf winds. The weather systems that create these storms are referred to as November gales or November witches. So every November we have some pretty big storms in the Great Lakes area around the lakes. They can create 50 foot waves, release several inches of snow, and maintain high force winds. Like hurricane force winds happen uh, when this happens, when we wow. have these November witches. Yeah. Since 1847, there have been 25 storms on the Great Lakes area, in the Great Lakes area, that have taken human lives. Well, we talked about a couple, and that was because they didn't turn around. Yeah. Yeah, right? I don't think we should blame the storm for those. This one you were going to need to. Wait till, I, wait till I read to you. So during the storm called the Big Blow of 1905. <laughs> now, Big Blow reminded me of 20 things. It reminded me of the Big Blow could be I like a 70s cocaine movie. A 70s cocaine yeah. movie, the Big Blow. <laughs> like, what the hell? They called it the Big Blow of 1905. There were 27 boats that were lost. They said lost. I'm like, that means sunk. Mm-hmm. When a boat is lost at a great lake, it's been, great lake, it's been sunk. A storm in November um, of 1975 was known to sink the SS Edmund Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. with all the crew members li- um, losing their lives. And I wrote, you don't just drown in the Great Lakes, you die of hypothermia. Okay, you don't just, <laughs> there isn't just drowning. Sometimes you could tread water forever, you know, or float on it, but you just die because you get too cold. Mm-hmm. So I do have a, um, a link to a YouTube vote, or vote, a YouTube, nope, a YouTube video. About, I'll vote on it, though. Yeah, right? A YouTube video uh, with Ed, Ed, Gordon Lightfoot singing The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Now, I know that my brother-in-law, Ben, does like that song. And I know that song also irritates my sister. So I think he listens to it, one, because he likes it. And two, he likes to irritate her. But it's good plan. He, he's the one person I know that consistently listens to The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> oh, I got to hear this. Yeah. yeah, don't worry. There'll be a link in the show notes. <laughs> So from November 7th to November 11th, 1913, the Great Lakes area suffered through a huge storm. The storm would later earn the names the Freshwater Fury, the White Hurricane, and the Great Lakes Storm of 1913. That's original. Yeah. Well, I was like, Freshwater (laughs) Fury, that's kind of (laughs) cute. The Great Storm was created when two major storm fronts collided over the waters, one with hurricane force winds and the other one a blizzard worth of snow. So, like, two storm fronts, one has hurricane winds, another has blizzard-like snow, and they crashed together over the Great Lakes area. So, meteorologists in the area had been taken by surprise when this happened in the beginning of the week. This happens, like, Friday through, or this happens, like, Thursday through, you know, the following Monday. In the beginning of that week, they had the weather conditions described as anything from fair to brisk. So, nobody saw this coming. The weather conditions were extra dangerous as 
it would often have lulls in the wind, causing people to put their guard down. So what kept happening is that these lasted for days, and then all of a sudden, like, everything would calm down. People were like, oh, look, the storm's over. Mm. No, it was just waiting for you to come outside again, <laughs> you know? So the storm itself was very slow to move out of the area. Usually storms with such high-velocity winds last for less than six hours. The Great Lakes storm of 1913 lasted for multiple days, with hurricane-grade winds lasting for 16 hours. Wow. The first few days were considered pre-storm, which led to the growth of the actual white hurricane that ended up just killing everybody. On Friday the 7th, the storm had been rated as moderately severe. The winds were getting faster, and the temperatures had fallen quickly in the last 24 hours. By 10 a.m., the Coast Guard stations, which are probably not open right now because of the shutdown, (laughs) or if they are, they're furloughed, those poor people, and the United States Department of Agriculture Weather Bureau offices had placed flag signals indicating a storm warning with northwestern winds. If they're closed down... Well, now they're closed down. Yeah, but if they close down and a storm comes... Yeah. We got nobody placing any flags. Well, the government's making them work without money, so don't worry. They're not too close. Just they're like, oh, the website people can go home, but the flag people have to stay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Late in the same afternoon, they then signaled that they were hurricane winds over 70 miles, 74 miles per hour heading into the area. So they're like, oh, shit, things are really picking up. There was a a blizzard heading toward Lake Huron, and winds over Lake Superior were already up to 50 miles an hour at this point. This is the pre-storm is the 50-mile-an-hour winds, right? Okay. The morning of Saturday, November the 8th, had the storm upgraded to severe. At this point, the strongest portion of the storm was centered over the eastern portion of Lake Superior, which is north of Michigan. And the winds coming from the north were blowing now at 60 miles per hour during gusts. So they'd have gusts of like 60 mile per hour winds. People began to set themselves up for disaster as suckle, it's called sucker holes. Sucker holes were created in the storm. A sucker hole is a lull in the storm that leads people to believe the weather had broken. So this keeps happening over the few days. There'd be a giant break in the storm. The wind would really calm down. People go outside, resume what they were doing. Like I said, it's all a trick of the storm because immediately they come back. Gale wind signal flags were were put up over 100 different ports on the lakes, but the sailors didn't really pay attention. They were like, oh, look, it's the weather's pretty clear. Why do you have these, you know, um, gale wind flags out? Well, and they also had the knowledge that the storms of this, you know, magnitude don't last that long. They're like, we've been waiting on this crap for days. I'm sure it's already blown over. And they resumed their travels on the lake. By noon on Sunday the 9th, the lower lakes were beginning to see the gale, for- gale force wind. So it's coming from the north, and now it's so bad that even down in the southern portion, people are really getting it. However, the barometric pressure began to rise and gave p- people the hope that the storm was blowing over. So they're like, oh, look, the winds are getting really bad, but the barometric pressure is rising, so I think we're safe again. False hope. Once again, they go on the lake like, things are getting better. Wrong. So the two storm fronts collide. In the hours between 8 p.m. and midnight, the storm became a weather bomb. And a weather bomb is the rapid deepening of cyclone winds and rainfall. I always I always think of one time I was waiting at work when I worked at the hospital. And it was raining a little bit, and I was waiting for the rain to settle down. And finally, I'm like, it's not going to get any better. I might as well just get wet, go outside and get wet. And as soon as I get, like, four steps from the building, the sky's open, and it's just like, it just starts <laughs> to pour down on me. And that's basically a weather bomb, when all of a sudden things just get exponentially worse. And the winds have now kicked up to 70 miles an hour across the four western lakes. So not Lake, That's crazy. Yeah, not Lake Ontario, but Huron, Erie, Michigan, and Superior. Do you know how to memorize the five Great Lakes? No. Okay, well, um, this kid taught me <laughs> the best stuff we're taught to you by kids. This kid taught me that the Great Lakes spell the word homes. So Huron is H, O is Ontario, 
M is Michigan, E is Erie, and um, S is Superior. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, so it spells homes. So, consequently, major shipwrecks occurred on all the lakes except for Ontario, because right now Ontario's out of the mix. Everything's happening to the other lakes. On the 9th, the worst of the wind is blowing over Lake Huron. Winds with gusts up to 90 miles an hour and waves over 30 feet high created whiteout squalls in the area as it also began to snow. So you have these giant waves, you have this 90 mile per hour wind, (laughs) and then blizzard. Yeah. (laughs) Witnesses claim that the waves were both high and coming in rapid succession, often three hitting at a time. So they were coming in really fast. One would hit you before the boat could ride ride itself again. Another two waves would hit it, and that was causing boats to roll over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what happened that day was a rare phenomenon on Lake Huron. So the wind was blowing in the opposite direction of the waves. I know, isn't that crazy? That crazy. Because of the cyclone wind spinning in a circle. Mm-hmm. So like the wind is pushing at your back and the waves are hitting you in the face. Like that just seems like you're in a shit, con- you know, yeah. just a bad position. <laughs> so at this point, Lake Ontario does join the Superstorm Fray. And the wind blowing over Lake Ontario brought another blizzard with it and carried it into eastern Ohio and Michigan. The victims of the storm on November 9th were found the morning of the 10th as snow and winds continued to batter the area. People saw large ships that were turned upside down in the water. One of the overturned boats was the Charles S. Price, which was the first fully loaded ore carrier to have capsized on a Great Lake. More boats sank in the storm and 12 of them lost their entire crew. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. 250 sailors died, some of their bodies later washing ashore to be buried. The sailors on the Great Lakes weren't the only ones affected. A recently built breakwater in Chicago, Illinois, meant to protect the area from storms, was swept into Lake Michigan. So they recently built this breakwater to help (laughs) protect them. That didn't work. Nope, it didn't work. Also in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They had also built a new breakwater in Lake Michigan and it too got washed away. Cities around Lake Huron had four-foot-high drifts of snow. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. In Ohio, there were blizzards with snowdrifts six feet high in Cleveland. Streets were abandoned while people sheltered in place in nearby buildings. Just You just stopped wherever you could stop and went into a building, and hopefully there's people will let you in. Businesses took up to a week to burrow their way out of the snow. Power was out across Ohio, Michigan, and Ontario. Telephone and telegraph poles were knocked down along with power lines, eliminating communication. When Cleveland rebuilt after the storm, the city started to a decade-long project to move all utility cables underground. So they're like, we're not going through this crap again. That's smart. Yep, so all their cables are underground. As the storm blew through Tuesday the 11th, it lost its power and was just downgraded to a regular storm. The Great Lakes storm of 1913 was the most destructive and deadliest natural disaster on the lakes in recorded history. It has been estimated that more than 19 ships were destroyed, 19 ships were stranded because some were blown up onto the shore, but that's how strong the wind was, wow. and 250 people were killed. It was a huge financial loss with both the ships, the crew, and the cargo missing. It cost the U.S. about $5 million, which is equal to about $127 million today. The weather forecast that worked during the time did not have the knowledge that we have today. Complaints came out against the USDA Weather Bureau charging that they were ill-prepared for the storm and did not communicate proper warnings. Later, analysis of the storm and its impact changed how meteorologists and response team handle storm preparedness and warnings. That's why when you watch the weather now, Uh they go, it might rain. Yeah. (laughs) It might snow. Right? Because if you don't, someone's going to try to see you. It's going to be sunny, rain, and maybe some snow. Chance of high winds. Yeah, chance of high winds. Right? 
That is how weather is, though. No. When I was a kid, we went to Sleeping Bear Dunes, and it was in the fallish. We were there. I think there were thirty-five mile per hour winds. As a kid, I remember like standing still. I was like a skinny little kid, but standing still, and the wind literally pushing me up the beach. Like I had, like you would have to fight the wind to not be pushed. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got Todd Colehep. Now I admit that we talked on the phone a little bit about Todd Colehep yesterday. Yeah. I did look around. Yeah, I knew you It was did. so very interesting. Yeah, was, great. Well, you like crazy. tickled my curiosity. <laughs> so he was born in 1971 in Florida. He lived with his mother and stepfather. He didn't really have At a At this age? He was born. Oh, in the beginning. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, jeez, I'm okay. sorry. Well, most he people, was born. Most babies do live with their parents. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. He lived with his mother. He lived in the woods. And a stepfather. <laughs> He didn't really have a relationship with his biological father. Later on in the story, he goes to live with him, but... As a young kid? As a young kid, he didn't have a relationship with him. Okay. He had a troublesome childhood. At nine years old, he was evaluated and found to be explosive behavior and preoccupied with sexual content. Damn. So, something that's like... Like an explosive perf? Yeah, hello. Yeah. It was said he was an angry kid, and when he was younger, he killed a goldfish with Clorox bleach. Okay, yeah, I actually did read that. He poured it into the fishbowl. Like, you little... Isn't that crazy? Yes, psychopath. He spent three and a half months in a mental hospital, and they put him there because he had an inability to get along with others. Obviously, that didn't help. So, antisocial disorders, sexual things, killing animals. Yeah, that smells like yeah. that smells like a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, in 1983, he moved to Arizona with his biological father. Collected weapons. His father was into weapons. He started collecting weapons. Oh, it sounds like a great home for a mentally unstable boy who <laughs> yeah. kills things to go to. <laughs> and, that, and his and his relationship with his father was really poor. Even his biological dad. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. so yeah, he can't form bonds, I guess. Yeah. In 1986, he kidnapped a 15-year-old, or no, I'm sorry. In 1986, he was 15. Okay. And he kidnapped a 14-year-old girl in Arizona. What? He threatened her with a 22 <coughs> revolver, tied her up and abused her, then walked her home and told her if she told anyone, he would kill her siblings. Did she tell? She told. Good. In Shit, the, you in, can't kill my siblings from jail. Yeah. In 1987, he was charged with kidnapping. He was in prison 15 years. Wow. And he had to register as a sex offender. During this period of time when he was in prison, he was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And a judge stated, yeah. so this is important, a judge stated he was likely not to be able to be rehabilitated. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So he gets out in 2001. Okay. He was released. He spent 14 years in prison. He moved to South Carolina with his mother. He went to college. He actually graduated from college with a business degree in 2008. Okay. 2006, he had received his real estate license. How did he do that, right? Yeah. Because he's a felon. But he lied on his application. Uh, he built a business. Okay. He was, that business was ge- given some award, top selling agency award. Right. Hold on, I have to. 
Yeah. Figure out where I'm at my paper. I know. When I saw your thing, you're like, this is pay- this is yeah. one, this is two. Go to this section for three. There's an arrow that leads to five. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is why we don't videotape these things. I know, right? <laughs> he also, during this time, got a pilot's license. Dang. Purchased 100 acres of land and then multiple houses outside of the state. So he's making good money. Mm-hmm. Yep, or stealing it. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. In 2016, he hired Kayla Brown and Charles Carver. Okay. And they cleaned houses for him. Okay. So he had them come over to do some cleaning, and he takes Charlie and, or Charles and Kayla hostage. Okay. He kills Charles. Yeah. And he continues to hold Kayla hostage. Yeah. I actually remember after I looked up some of this, I actually remember seeing that. Because he, he always did he did it to couples. Kill the man, keep the woman. See, I didn't see that. Yeah, because there's another couple after there is, this. But yeah. I didn't see any information on that, that couple. Just that he confessed to it. Oh, yeah. So they find the dead body of that couple that you're talking about now. The man of the girl they find alive, which you're going to tell us later. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, I watch a lot of true crime. I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Todd had um, hacked Carver's Facebook page and was posting things. People thought it was odd, like it didn't sound like Charles. Yeah. Um, And come to find out it wasn't because he was already dead. Yeah. In 2016, what happened in 2016? Other than he kidnapped. Oh, he kidnapped another couple, right? He guessed the couple. And oh, in 26... No. Oh. I understand my notes now. I was going to say, I'm like, I you really, know your sister? I really don't, but I'm going <laughs> to roll with this. All right. Um, in 2016, of course, he goes, he confesses. Mm-hmm. He confesses to the 2013 murder that was called the Superbike Murders, where four people died okay. at now, a motorcycle. The reason why I remember this dude is... So that, the where the four people were killed at the motorcycle shop, mm-hmm. was a huge cold case for a long time. They could not figure out who had come and killed the, they had so many people they thought. Maybe it was this guy, maybe it was that guy. Ends up being random dude, random real estate guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a big because cold case. Because they made fun of him because he couldn't, he tried to return the bike because he couldn't ride it. Oh, and they And mad. he felt that they made fun of him. So he came back and killed everybody? Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. He explained it to his mother that it had to be done. Oh, yeah. Guess what I found out when I was looking at one of the things. I went to go look his name up. His mom was like, oh, I couldn't believe, honey, you did that. She would she would cry. Oh, I can't believe her son that. And then she, there, she's found dead 2017. Really? Yeah, they believe it was natural causes, though. Hmm. She's dead now. He also um, confessed to the 2015 murder. I think it was Megan and Johnny Coxie. Yeah. That's that couple you were talking about. Yes. So he did say, too, that he actually murdered Charles Carver because he had a smart mouth. Wow. And then he kept Kayla in a dark shipping container and had this elaborate plan that he was going to build a house with a soundproof room. And that's where Kayla would live the rest of her days. Like, he had a whole plan of... How they were going to live their lives together. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. See, I always thought that the one of the scarier things about him is he killed four adults at the motorcycle shop. 
And then he would kill Paris couples. And you'd feel more comfortable if you had another person with you. Like, I'd feel more comfortable walking down the street with you than by myself. And he killed a man and woman couple each time. Yeah. Would take them, well, would take the woman hostage and kill the man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, then kill the woman, too, because the, the woman oh, yeah. from the original couple was dead. Yeah, I'm sure he would have killed Kayla at some point. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. He was just having a dream there, building <laughs> a house. So he was um, charged with seven murders. He took a plea bargain. He he wanted to avoid the death sentence. Oh. So they allowed him to take a plea bargain. Okay. So he got seven life sentences so and some other... In jail time. forever, Yeah, basically. in jail forever. Yeah. He, after he was convicted, he had actually sent a letter to the media stating that he explained to the FBI and the poli- local police that there were mur- more murders. That's not all of what he had done. Oh. But never elaborated. So he said he, oh, that, I killed that, more people, but... That doesn't give theme. any information. That's a theme with serial killers. Because Kelly Cochran did the same thing. Like, I've killed more people, but I'm not telling you who. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, this guy did Amazon reviews. Like, this is what really got me. Yeah. Was the fact that he had a wish list of items he wanted to buy to use yeah. on people. To use on his victims. Yeah. And <laughs> he reviewed the items that he used Oh, that's just sick. So some of those are. Yeah. There was a photo foldable shovel, like a really a mini photo foldable yeah. shovel. And he says on his review, keep in car when you have to hide the bodies and you left the full size shovel at home. Does not come with midget would have been nice. To hide the bodies if you had someone to dig yeah. it for. Nice. Chain there was a chainsaw, he says, works excellent. Getting the neighbor to stand still while you chase him with it is hard enough without having an easy-to-use chainsaw. Honestly, if he wasn't a serial killer, it'd be funny. And then, well, (laughs) it was funny before I realized. (laughs) And then there was a stun gun. He said, great item. Seriously trying to find a reason to zap one of my agents for being lazy. It's going to be the new office motivational tool. Dang. He was a sick. Didn't he for one knife say it's as black as his heart or something like that? Black as his soul. Oh, black as his soul. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you see those. I mean, I see all kinds of crazy, um, crazy uh, reviews on Amazon, but you don't think nothing of it. Right. Like, well, some of them are so funny. Like, there's this one for like big pens for women. And this woman was really like, finally, a pen my dainty little women hands can hold. Like, and she like, goes on this funny thing, like, good thing you made a pen for women because we couldn't use those big, heavy man pens. And she was like, going out of it. Going on. So some of those, I think, are hilarious. Yeah. Well, but now, now you have to analyze them. Yeah, now I'm going to be like, are you a serial killer and trying to hide your tendency through Amazon reviews? He actually reviewed over 140 items. So. Oh, crap. All of them murder items? Mm-hmm. Dang, that's yeah. messed up. See, serial killers always want to say something. They always want to tell people no matter what, even if it's through a review. Yeah, and now I'm going to be watching every damn review that I read. Like, what do you mean by that? I will too now. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Michigan Another Mayhem with Allie. And Jen. Contact us at michigananothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes, find site links, and correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.